Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Campus Waterfowl Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Christians, and today I am joined by John Mayrose. He is a student at South Dakota State University, and I actually had the pleasure of hunting with him just this last weekend. So, John, how's it going today? It's going good. What did you, you all do today? I think was it moving weekend this last week, so it was first week of classes, right? Yep, yep. So a lot of introductions for classes, uh, kind of getting schedules figured out, reading up on syllabuses, and starting to plan out the week, or planned out the week, so just chipping away at it. Already getting assignments in already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you taken so advantage of I- have you taken advantage of it being syllabus week? You going on out on any hunts in the morning? <laughs> I did. I did once. There you go. But uh, it was, and it was a good one. But Worth I it. don't know how much I'm going to be able to hunt during the week this semester. It's my last semester at school, so need to focus on the classes a little more. Mm-hmm. And then, what's your major at SDSU again? So I'm. Uh, I switched from wildlife fish science, and then I went to the natural resource law enforcement uh, side of things. So. Made that okay. change a couple of years ago, and uh, and with that same degree, I can still do stuff with like game fish parks, like become like a conservation officer for wildlife damage or habitat or fisheries. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. is that and that is that what your plan is? Kind of, so what you're hoping to do? Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm looking at doing the wildlife damage management or like a conservation officer position in South okay. Dakota, hopefully. And then um, let's let's just dive into your experience um, with your summer internships. For everyone that's listening, um, John has been able to work with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks, right? These yep. For how many yep. summers now? This is my third summer back at Jeez. it. So, so yeah. of the years, me knowing John, I've always just hear, heard these stories and, and him sharing his experiences. So um, I know he has some stories to share, and uh, I'd like for him to kind of start out by telling everyone how he got involved with uh, GFP a few years ago. Yep. So actually uh, on campus, they do a, you know, a job fair and uh, they, a lot of organizations and departments will come in and they're trying to look for summer interns and great way to meet people within the department and, you know, feel out where you want to, you know, intern and internships are a great, great tool to have. Um, so you can kind of figure out what you want to do with your degree when you when you graduate. Mm-hmm. So uh, my brother, he actually did this job. And I had some other friends that have done this job. And it's wildlife damage management internship and uh, primarily with Canada geese. And so this is my third summer back at it. And I was hired on as a seasonal intern. So it's not just the summer. I, I can work it into the uh, fall semester, too. I'm going to try and do both at the same time with classes and uh, continuing the seasonal job but uh and then i also knew uh one of my bosses i met him through my brother and we went fishing and hunting a few times so um felt really comfortable coming into it and it's just been a really great experience Hmm. now whenever i hear the stories are pretty cool so would it be best to start like how do you want to explain to everyone uh, like what you all do throughout the summer should we start has it been like the same kind of stuff summer after summer or is it different every year uh it's different every year Um, okay so it's not like i mean you have your same basic like work that you do but then ever since i've been here 
it seems like every year I've got to do more experiences and, uh, you know, add more to my resume. So it's mm-hmm. been really fun. Like this last year was my first year I was able to do uh, some dove banding. So that was a really cool experience because I've never been able to do that before. We normally goose band every summer, but I got to do some dove banding and uh, this next week, hopefully be able to do some duck banding. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. what about so like year one, what were your mm-hmm. thoughts going into it? Um, well, I was nervous because <laughs> we were forewarned that it was going to be a bad summer because that's when we had all the flooding. And okay, they, so the opposite they, of this year, really. Right. Yeah. So my first year and last summer, we had all that water in South Dakota. And I think North Dakota had some of it too. Like it just flooded everywhere. And that created a lot more habitat for waterfowl um, to, to nest and whatnot, which means more, more complaints coming into us about geese eating people's wheat, oats, and soybeans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we were, and one of our, my bosses was, um, he had joined the National Guard, so he was away at basic training. So we only had one guy, one boss at the office. We normally have two. So he had a lot of stress, too, you know, worrying about all of us interns and then his daily duties. So it was a little hectic, but thankfully, I feel like we, we learned really quick. You know, he showed us how to do everything, and, and mm-hmm. he could trust us with getting the work done. And, you know, we made, we made it through the summer. So, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's water everywhere. And, you know, it, it just made a, it made it a little tough, you know, at first, because there's just so many calls coming in about all the Canada goose damage. So, and then, and then when you get those calls um, from farmers and just landowners, um, yep. what, like, what, what do you got to do? What do you do? So we'll get a call. They'll say, they'll tell us where their, their uh, property's at and where the damage is taking place at. And then, you know, we have a list first come, first serve. And we'll go out to those places. We'll meet up with the landowner if they're around, if they're if they're not busy and whatnot. We'll get yeah. an agreement signed, like a contract signed from them, saying like, yeah. "Hey, we're gonna put out this material throughout the summer, and then we're gonna come back in August and pick it up, pretty much." And uh, and so they know like we're on their property, and we we'll go out there and check the fences and whatnot. If they call us back, you know, so they say it's grounded out or you know something's not working or the geese are still going in, but we'll put up. So, yeah, so we'll get that contract signed. We'll go out there, and if there's geese out there, we'll haze them. And we have a handful of different hazing techniques that we'll do. Like, even just making a presence known, driving out there mm-hmm. with a ranger or four-wheeler, usually that's enough to get them out. But we do have like, these little, it's like a little firework that we shoot out of these little pistols. And mm-hmm. the, the geese hate those. So then they'll fly off back onto the water. And in early summer, they haven't molted yet. So the goal is to kind of push them off of people's, like smaller sloughs and and bodies of water so they'll go to the bigger lakes because then we can control it a little bit better and while they're still flying and whatnot but uh, it doesn't always work out that way sometimes they start nesting and they don't want to leave that that body of water so then we'll put up a little electric fence kind of like what you do with cattle (laughs) when you put them out in a pasture you know you put up an electric fence we do the same thing with geese but we'll put it along the, the edge of the shores because of uh, the water will be butt up right next to them. And last or that first year, there's no like barrier with cattails. It was just straight water. And then the first row of soybeans and they just oh. will mow down those soybeans. They'll sit up there all day and just eat them. And so, the, so those cattails acted like a, as a barrier to the fields, but yeah, when it was, it, 
for the most part they do, but then they're still like, you know, they'll have their little, you know, there's, you know, a 10 foot wide area or 10 yard wide area where they can still sneak through and through. go into the field. So we'll fence it off and that electric fence usually will keep them out. If they're still flying, then we have these little propane cannons that we can set out mm-hmm. and it, it just shoots off like every 45 minutes or so, or what it's got a timer so we can set it off for five minutes all the way up to like an hour and a half. But we mm-hmm. usually set for like 45 minutes or so. So it's not going off constantly because then runs that propane propane we have to go back and fill them up again but um yeah and then uh so that's what we'll do and then if it gets real bad uh we issue like kill permits if the farmers want that Uh um and that's that's a federal thing so they'll have to fill out the paperwork for that and then you know if it gets that bad and sometimes it does get that bad where they have they'll issue those kill permits so farmers can shoot the geese out of there because they they do a lot of damage um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like one guy, uh, one farmer, even this summer told me, uh, that he lost 64 acres to geese Jeez. and, and it's not covered under crop insurance. So they're out that money, mm-hmm. out that crop, everything, you know, their time and the seed and everything. So they get a little frustrated and crop prices this summer have been doing pretty good for the most part. Like wheat's almost doubled what it normally is. So mm-hmm. when geese are doing that, they're, they're a little fired up. So yeah, you feel for them, you know, like you're trying to help them out because they're, yeah, like I said, they can't claim that in crop insurance. So they're, they're out and then they have to replant and hopefully they can replant it and, you know, still get something. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. are there even like, um, things you can put in, in their, in, uh, in their insurance plans to protect them from the geese? Do you know if that's even a thing, an option? Not, not that I'm aware of. Because then they, everyone in this area of South Dakota would probably be, would doing be getting it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I've never heard of that. So, better. So better let's why some insurance companies know. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure the landowners have talked to their crop insurance yeah, guys and yeah. tried to do something, but yeah. I don't think so, they, yeah, have resolved it yet. So, those electric fences that you're putting up, how, uh, how much fencing are you guys putting up then? on average oh my gosh uh i'd have to look at the numbers but we're putting up like in a summer uh, uh just say yeah. like on a like on a single project like on average what's your oh okay so well i mean we'll get a list of uh, calls come in and like i said it's first first call uh first serve basis so i would feel like right in the heat of it like when it's real busy we're probably putting up like six to eight miles a day per, per crew. yeah <laughs> So it's a lot of a lot of miles of fence to put up, and then in August we have like a two three week period where we're just rushing and pulling it all out. Mm-hmm. So it it's a it's a lot of work, but you know it's it's a good job and it's a really important job, like very mm-hmm. important, you know. Yeah. So, yeah and what about? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't know if I can even put a figure on how many miles of fence we put out those first two years. I don't think it was quite a record. I think the record was in 2011 for these guys. Uh, but um, I feel like we were like not too far off that my first year. And it, out, like, you guys, a few hundred miles of fences. And you guys are walking, putting down posts, and then stringing yep. them along it. Yep. yep. Mm. Well, we, we have rangers, so it helps. Side but yeah, road. one guy will. We'll start an end wooden end post, tie off to it, and then we'll drive the edge of the beans and 
uh, spool out the wire and then one and throwing out those plastic, uh, <clears throat> fence post. And then one guy will be walking behind and hooking up the wire to that fence post. And, and at the end we put a fencer on it and, uh, turn it mm-hmm. on. So it sends electric current through it and <clears throat> yeah. And is it your normal size fence too, about chest high or how high? No, no, it's about, uh, your mid shin on your leg. Okay. That's how we, we adjust. And then, you know, um, I don't know. It's like the second and third spot on the plastic <laughs> fences. But yeah, it's about your mid shin is where you want mm-hmm. it at. Cause you don't want them to crawl underneath it. But mm-hmm. you also don't want them to like step over it. Okay. So, but yeah. And then, yeah. and then you mentioned you, you've been involved with some banding as well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the process of that? So process of that is that we'll go out. Um, well, the, the guys down in, uh, the water, waterfall biologists, they'll spend the beginning part of the summer, like once the, the goslings are hatching and they look for the big, the big family groups, um, mm-hmm. are like a body of water with a lot of family groups on it. Cause you know, they have like kind of a set quota that they want to ban each summer. And yeah, they'll, they'll find that, get permission from landowners to go out and set up a banding site. And then, uh, we'll help them. And then they usually have a waterfowl intern. And then some of our full-time guys and we'll go and like put in boats or kayaks around this body of water. And we try and center them, the geese up in a ball out in the middle of the body of water while the guys on the land are setting up kind of like a corral. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we, those guys out in the water, push those like geese, make them swim towards our corral. And then we, we pen them up and take about, I don't know, a dozen at a time into a smaller corral and then hand them over and, you know, uh, sex them and, uh, we'll put bands on them and then we release them back out on the water. So it's a little bit of a process and you, it's gotta be quick. Cause you, you know, they'll beat up on the little ones. Like they're, they're scared in that crowd. So we try to get the youngest ones out so they don't get hurt. And, uh, mm-hmm. and usually it's July, so it gets hot and humid. So want to get them out and back to the water so they can relax and yeah. whatnot yeah. so is that is that a one day thing throughout the or how many days of summer are you are you banding uh it all depends um felt like we did a lot this year um mm-hmm. i didn't get to go every single time because we had a lot of fence that we still have put up so we would like rotate crews going down or going out and around banding one crew would stay back and put up fence um but mm-hmm. it, you know it's not uncommon that we would do anywhere from 30 birds which isn't ideal all the way up to like 300 birds or more. Uh, I think the most I was there part of was just shy of 400 birds in one banding site. Jeepers. But uh, like I said, they have kind of a set quota um, for the year. So they try to get that as soon as possible. And as, I mean, if they can get in three banding sites, perfect. Mm-hmm. They, they reach mm-hmm. their quota. Um, and then sometimes they do go over it, which is fine too. Um, but they try and shoot for that certain number every summer. Mm-hmm. And this summer, I believe we went over it a little bit. So that's, you know, that's always good to do that. Yeah. And um, yeah, you mentioned that this last weekend to me. And then I asked, I asked you like, is that, was that just because, uh, since trying to make up from last year's season where, cause last year were you guys behind since COVID, with COVID and all? I think we still, I mean, we were still able to ban last summer. Um, we just, you know, had to wear a mask, had to try to socially distance when we could. Um, yeah, but I still yeah. think we got, I think we got close to our quota last year. So, okay. 
and then like first year we re reached it, and then this year we went a little over it. So, but is no. It, yep. And then you mentioned this. This is it. This summer you said no, or when are you banding ducks? Uh, I'll be banding them. Hopefully, we'll have all of our fence pulled uh, by the early part of next week. And then be banding. I mean, they've the the banding crews have been banding already for a week or two now, um, and they'll still be banding for a while. But hopefully, we'll oh, be, okay. be able to jump in with them next week. Yeah. So. And then I'd imagine that's kind of the same process as banding the Canada's. Uh, so for that, they usually set up like a bait site, and then they have okay. these little rocket nets on the shore, and then they'll shoot that out over the birds, and then uh, you'll put the birds in like those i don't know if you've ever seen those banding crates yeah um, yep. yeah and they'll put they'll put the the ducks in those banding crates you know and i've never done it but i'm assuming they will you know they'll be able to tell the sex for sure and then may, they might try and say like oh it's a juvenile or it's banding as an adult mm-hmm. and uh they'll go about that but um but yeah hopefully i'll be able to do that that'll be my first time so hopefully mm-hmm. we get our fence pulled quick enough that we can be a part of it Mm-hmm. So then what's the process even, uh, after you ban them? So yeah, you let the birds go, you got, you collected your data, then do, mm-hmm. are you going back and putting in all that stuff in the computer or like, what's the process nope, afterwards? The, the biologist is, um, okay. and then sometimes we have recapture bands too. So then they'll take that number, those numbers down from those bands and then they'll like plug in the system. Like, Oh, like we encountered it here at this location where we banded all these other ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, no, he'll, he'll put that on, on the, on the database for that. And then we usually load the trucks up, go grab breakfast somewhere and get back to putting out goose fence. <laughs> <laughs> Lots so, of fencing. Lots yeah, of we fencing. do it, we do it really early in the morning and then, yep. Then we, uh, yep. Go back what to is, fencing. <laughs> what is the day or like the, are you, are you working? Is it eight to five or, or like what's your typical schedule? We're, it, the- it's flexible. We can work it however we want. They just, you know, encourage that we get our 40 hours. And then when it, it's the heat of the fencing where we're swamped with, uh, you know, people calling in, then we'll get some overtime to go do that. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we can work. Usually it's like eight to four, four thirty. Um, but you know, some days it's like, it's, we're pretty busy. So we'll work, you know, a 10 hour day, eight to six. Um, you know, and some days it's even longer cause you might be two hours away from the office. So you got, yeah, it, it can, I think the longest day I've ever worked was almost 14 hours, mm-hmm. but you know, the work's got to get done and you only got five days during the week to do it. So, yeah. And then you said later, trying, uh, pivoting to more big game stuff. You mentioned. Uh, in our call before the podcast, some whitetail stuff as well. Yep. So uh, after a lot of the goose stuff gets done, it'll probably slow down for a little bit. And then um, they'll be getting stuff ready for deer depredation. And that's mostly during the winter. We, we'll deal with that at the beginning of our summer because it's still uh, May is when we started mid-May. And we'll go out and pick up all these deer panels that we have around uh, farmers' um, uh, haystacks and whatnot. The deer will be eating on those all winter, so they'll call call the office and you know say that there's a bunch of deer eating on them, and then eating on their hay or their uh, grain storage or whatever they've got, and then mm-hmm. they'll go out and put these big tall panels around them to, in hopes that the deer stay out. Sometimes the deer will you know squeeze through, or if the snow drifts high enough, they'll be able to jump over and get in there. Yeah. Um, 
but that's usually what they do for that. So we'll pick up those panels right away in the spring because usually the geese haven't even uh, had their um, goslings hatch yet. So there's not a whole lot of goose complaints that right off the bat when we start. Um, but yeah, like we'll be getting all this stuff pulled and then it'll slow down a little bit and then it'll be full bore with that stuff. And then there, there's coyote complaints that come in a lot during the winter. Um, so but you that's do what, uh, anything and everything to help right, out the landowners with wildlife. Yeah. Yeah, with wildlife. So. What's been the strangest call? Like, or like the most <laughs> weird, like wildlife thing that that landowners encountered? Um, I mean, anything you can think of. <laughs> this summer, there's a guy saying there's a bunch of uh, bunch of geese eating his beans, and come to find out, neighbor's cows got out. <laughs> so we're like, we got out there, like, there's no geese here. <laughs> and then find out there's cows. <laughs> cows, cows. But, I mean, and uh, then I've had it where one day, uh, I think it was my first summer, um, had to go catch an owl. So me and a couple guys had to go and catch an, uh, a juvenile owl that couldn't fly and, and really? uh, go take care of that. What kind um, of owl was it? I think it was a barn owl. Okay. So, yeah. And then it was just a juvenile one. So we just like released it. Right, like it was right on the edge of town, so we just put it right back, kind of just a couple blocks away. Um, yeah. If it was injured, then there's a raptor center, and then we can take usually injured uh, birds down that way to them, and they can care for them. Hmm. Um, but I mean, there's, uh, I mean, anything. There's people call about all sorts of stuff, just, anything with yeah. wildlife. Huh. Um, so you've also gotten the chance. You were. Uh... What would day? I think it was. Was it the summer you sent? Yeah, the summer you sent me a picture, and it was a picture of you and Christy Nome, the governor yep. of South Dakota. Tell me your experience with that. Oh yeah, that was we. So they do a like a picnic at the governor's mansion every summer, and usually the the goose step guys we never get to go because we're swamped with complaints that mm-hmm. we don't we don't have time to do any of that like real fun stuff. You know, um, but this year uh, we were caught up and we had nothing going on. So we asked our bosses and they said, yep, you guys have worked your tails off. So go, go enjoy a free meal with the governor. So we went over there and uh, kind of all the, all the like internships around the state were invited. So you have, we were like the, you know, wildlife damage crew there. They have like the highway crews, um, you know, everything. They have everything mm-hmm. there. Uh corrections and you you talk a little bit about like what we do for the summer and then yeah get a meter take some pictures have lunch so hmm. yeah it's it's a it was a fun time was there like a q a or anything afterwards after you guys gave your presentation um not or, so much like when we went to go like take our pictures with her like we could talk to her like yeah you know, ask How, questions what was it like talking to her what was she was she's pretty awesome really? <laughs> <laughs> she's she just was like someone like you've already known like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it just felt really uh welcoming there like we felt very welcomed and yeah she was really nice that's cool yeah a good host so another thing i know one of the benefits that you have uh working with the gfp in, in that area is getting to know a lot of the landowners right on a, on a right. level where you could possibly be the first one in to get permission so how often is right. that the case <laughs> uh yeah it, it is you know like and we're we're dealing with all these geese all summer so it's like we kind of have like 
kind of that first dibs of like, you know, we know where the geese are at and, you know, you know where to scout. Um, yeah. And yeah. like, a, this is my third summer up here. So I was able to build connections with these landlords. Like they recognize me, they remember me. Um, some of them have even called me when I've gone back to school, you know, it's just, yeah. to, just to chat, you know, so you build those connections with them and, yeah. you know, they know who you are and, you know, especially if you do a good job working with them, you know, they like you, you know, mm-hmm. and if, you, mm-hmm. if you not, if you do a not so good job, they'll remember you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, what, what about, so you're kind of in a special position where, yeah, you, you get to know these landowners on a level where you've done some work with them and, and you've helped them yeah. with a problem. Um, right. What advice would you give to some uh, hunters that are in college getting permission, um, say their first time yeah, going up to the door and, and asking for permission? I mean, be, uh, be nice, introduce yourself. Um, and just, yeah, I just, I don't know, I guess just, intro- I just, what I always do is introduce myself. So then they know me, they'll know my name, they'll recognize me, you know, if I go up and ask again. You know, sometimes, you know, someone else is going to hunt, but then, you know, they'll know who you are. So then if you come around again, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember you, you stopped up here before. And most of the time, it's they're pretty good about giving permission. Um, usually it's just the factor of getting there first for the yeah. other guy, yeah. you know, because it is South Dakota. It's a great, great state for any outdoorsman. So a lot of people are are asking permission. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But, any any secrets you're willing to share with people that you might have done that that might help you a little bit um <laughs> i always i always say i treat it like a, a job interview like the second right. even when you're driving like just driving around the area like be respectful of yeah. how you're driving yeah. don't don't be burning out on gravel roads don't don't be doing mm-hmm. anything dumb <laughs> yeah Every, everyone in that area correct. yeah yeah, be respectful. You don't want to give, you know, waterfowlers a bad name or anything like that. Or, you know, if it's been wet out, you know, ask first if it's okay to drive. If they say no, then just say, all right, well, is it all right if we walk out? You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you just got to respect them, respect the land, you know, pick up your trash. That's that's probably my number one thing is pick up your trash and trash like your yeah. your uh, your shotgun shells, your shell boxes. You know, if you had a bottle of water, like make sure you bring it out, you know. You don't, because some guys I've even, I've done goose work for, like, they'll tell me that, like, oh, we don't like people coming out here to hunt because they don't pick up their shotgun shells and they just don't like to see it out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just be respectful of the land, you know, they're nice enough to give you permission. So respect the landowner, mm-hmm. you know. And how far do you think a, a thank you card or, um, I know guys have done like a case of beer sometimes to the farmer, they'll right. ask them or asking if they want meat. Um, how far does that go? For a landowner i think it goes it goes a good distance yeah i didn't know if i could say that i've i've given a case of beer a time or two yeah. you know oh yeah um, no I, I know a lot of students that do that they'll or, ask them if, what they prefer <laughs> or my first one one time a guy's like i like crown royal and i said all yeah. right after you gave me permission we hunted and we had it was not a good hunt i think we shot like three geese but mm-hmm. we we still went and got him a bottle of crown you know just to thank him you know that he let us go out there and hunt um yeah, yeah. You know, and then I've gone as far as even, well, when you and I, we went out antelope hunting, I got antelope brats made. Um, and one guy gave me permission a handful of times throughout the year. So I asked him if he, if he's ever had antelope brats and he didn't. So I packed the cooler full, full of brats before I hit the road. When I left Brookings to go scout, I said, here, I got a couple packages. You guys can have them, try them out. 
let me know how they go, you know. Just doing yeah, something like yeah. that, like something that they haven't had before. I know guys out west that go hunt, they'll bring, you know, something local from their area, whether it's like a cheese or, you know, some local brewery beer or something. Mm-hmm. Just like, here, here you go, you know. Like, yeah. just to thank them, you know. Um, and then, like, yeah, like where I deer hunt, uh, I give those guys a Christmas card every year with the little, uh, there's a local um restaurant that i'll throw a gift card in with gift so, cards in yeah, yeah, yeah i've done to, gift cards yep yeah. to thank yeah. them you know like i mean you don't need to do that kind of stuff for like the guys you only talk to maybe once a year i mean you can but the the guys that i'm close with that i've hunted a lot you know and you, they know you by first name or they see your vehicle they know who you are like then you can usually treat them you know get them a little something to really thank them mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and even with this job too like what like i'll we'll go out for wings on Wednesdays or we'll go out, you know, grocery store or whatever. And we'll run into landlords. They remember exactly who you are and, you know, start talking <laughs> to them about work and the complaints. And then sometimes like, Oh, I got another one for you. And it's like, oh, yeah. well, I'll call the office tomorrow. <laughs> you know? So it's like, even when you're off work, you still get roped into some work, but you know, they recognize you and just keep a professional manner with them. And, you know, you can build some good relations. Sweet. So, so yeah. is this, is this career, Pat, is this kind of what you're hoping to do even after college here, after this next semester? Right. Yep. So, uh, pretty soon here, I'm going to be applying for jobs. So I'll, like I said, I'll be doing, uh, hopefully be applying for some wildlife damage jobs if there's any available, um, or the conservation officer jobs. I may even mm-hmm. apply for some like habitat or other nonprofit, uh, yep. agencies to work for like pheasants forever or DU if they have anything or anything, you mm-hmm. know? Anything and anywhere, really. Yeah. yeah. So, no, can't I think, really be well, real picky getting out of college, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never, the first job you, you land out, it probably won't be your last, so. Sure, that's, yeah. That's, you, never, you just never know. And, um, but, no, I, I think with your experience, I don't think you'll have a problem. Right. And, yeah, like, so, like this, this internship does go a long ways in, in South Dakota, at least a lot of people know what it is. They they know what the interns go through and it's, it's a respected one that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they'll, they'll know what you did and it looks good to have on a resume. So. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure you've got some good references as well. If Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep. And well, South Dakota is a great place to get an internship. The, we had a lot of kids from out of South Dakota work with us this summer and really? we asked them, you know, like, why, why'd you guys want to come to South Dakota? And they all said back in their states where they're from, you know, we had Texas, South Carolina, Tennessee, Wisconsin. They just said they don't have a whole lot of jobs out there for internships. So when they're applying for full-time jobs, they don't really have much on a resume. So that's mm-hmm. why they came out here. And South Dakota is a great state to get an internship because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And you can build those connections and maybe even end up working yeah. out here after school so it's a great place to be i had a couple other grad students that you know were from the east coast that were out here for it and hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a good school to be at for sure if you're in the wildlife hmm. field and fisheries field or even habitat and where uh where would be a good place for students that might be interested in internships or things like that uh to go to uh it'd be like the bureau of human resources website for south dakota and then right on there, they'll have full-time jobs, and then they'll have internships, and they'll show 
you know, you can search by department. So game fish and parks or, you know, department of corrections or highway patrol, um, you know, you name it, they'll have them all listed on there and then they'll do spring and fall, uh, seasonal positions too. So if you're out of school and you're having a tough time getting a full-time job, a seasonal position is a great way to go because it's, you know, it's kind of the first step. And then, you know, if you, you're still looking for full-time work, but at least you have some that you can throw on the resume that is related to the field that you're trying to go into. <laughs> so, and, and South Dakota's got a lot of them. It's a great place to look. What are you most excited for this, this hunting season? Um, well, <laughs> obviously duck opener, cause that's coming up in a month. <laughs> yeah. The duck numbers here are pretty good. They've been good the last few years. Um, I've never seen so many wood ducks in this state, you know, uh, usually there's not a whole lot in South Dakota, but I've seen them everywhere and, uh, there's a lot of teal, but honestly, I'm more excited to probably go elk hunting. <laughs> elk hunting? <laughs> yeah. enough, I drew a second elk tag here as a college student in South Dakota. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it was a leftover, a cow tag, but, uh, and I only had like 16% chance of drawing, but still got lucky to do that. And. Um, so I'm excited to go out there with one of my good buddies to go out elk hunting. And then I drew some other big game tags. So I'll have a bit busy fall chasing big game, but of course, looking forward to more goose hunting and more duck hunting. Oh, it sounds like, yeah, you'll, you'll have a good fall. But I got, I got to, got to focus on school too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the most lot. important thing. That's for sure. We're student, student athletes. Student, student comes first, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to Got to do it. <laughs> Yeah. but well cool john uh really i want to thank you for jumping on the, the podcast today with me and, and talking about your experiences with the uh, game fishing parks in south dakota yeah. uh, what's a g- good way for everyone to get in contact with you if they want to follow up with any questions or anything um you know they can go on facebook message me on there or instagram i think my instagram is just john.marrows um okay. and then, you know facebook is john marrows so probably the best way um to contact me with any questions or awesome well thank you again um thank you everyone for tuning in to the campus waterfowl podcast um if you guys have any questions for john yeah he told you how to reach out to him but um feel free if you you can't find john feel free to message campus waterfowl as well and I'd, i'd be happy to refer you over to him but uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Campus Waterfowl, to stay up to date on the Collegiate Waterfowl Tour. Uh, this season will be all across the country, highlighting students, sharing their stories, and uh, sharing tips and tactics of how they hunt their areas. So thank you guys for tuning in again, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day.